Game, Florida. This is Antisocial, the program where we look at headlines, facts, and figures, try to make some sense of them, separate the wheat from the chaff or whatever. I can't even figure out where I was going with this, but we're here to have shed some light. I'm Tony. Listen, I, the jokes are mine, Tony. Leave the joking to me. That's my line. Um, we're, we're, sort of, we're sort of in the, uh, in the quarantine space today. This is the all-local version of antisocial it's not even funny anymore no i feel like we've done we've been here before you know like there's a deja vu effect like the matrix or something it is it's groundhog's day yes but that's it's it's groundhog's day it's groundhog's day it's been groundhog's day since 2019 yeah so yes we're all semi-isolated working you know in in various locations away from other people which may has other advantages but um, we're shol- soldiering on, but that, of course, leads us to our medically sealed. Today. Yeah, are medically sealed behind the glass. And yeah, of course, well, that, that it's is the, the only effect. topic. It's the topic that everybody's talking about. It's uh, right. it's Omicron. It's Omicron COVID continuing. And our guest is going to talk about that, um, informing the community uh, with the with the latest information. We'll talk to him about what's going on generally, what the predictions are for what this current wave might look like, and then policy considerations, which has, of course, in this time of polarization, has many uh, political wrinkles to it. But, 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 but first, let's tell you what's going on locally in our community. Um, the, in Key Biscayne, uh, the mayor of Key Biscayne, Mike Davey, tested positive on Wednesday. Um, he told me it was the first time he managed to evade uh, the coronavirus bug all this time, which is impressive because I'm an early adopter. I got it, you know, in <laughs> first started, you, I had to have my yeah, iPhone yeah, and my COVID yeah. at the same time. Uh, the cutting edge, yeah, exactly. cutting edge, Tony. No, the the mayor the mayor contracted COVID. He found had a home test. He's his symptoms are mild. I, I was just say, how is he? He's doing fine. I uh, said he had a, he had a splitting headache, but you know that could come from a council meeting in addition to COVID. So I not <laughs> sure you can blame that completely. It's all blame COVID on that. But he's a. Uh, He's he's doing okay, but it does raise the question about, and we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, the the village of Key Biscayne has yet to reimpose a mandatory mask mandate for village facilities, as the county government has done and has really yes, and has the uh, the school board has done it for adults. Um, federal buildings, of course, have that. Uh, the Catholic Archdiocese just announced that they would be doing it. It seems to be de rigueur just about everywhere, but the village. Government so far not reimposing the mask mandate. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But our guest, and Tom, I'll turn to let you do the introduction, but our guest really is someone who can shed some, like, will this ever be over? I mean, that's really kind of one day. Way. Yeah. One day. <laughs> yes. Our, uh, our, our guest is Miami Herald health reporter Daniel Chang. Um, really happy that you're here. I'm thrilled to talk to you. Now that we've pledged for this fraternity, the Alpha Delta Omicron fraternity, what is next? 
well, I'm not sure in the Greek alphabet exactly which one comes next, but there will be future variants. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and look, uh, uh, there I've seen a lot of different experts and studies uh, 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 predict what will happen next. Some folks believe that uh, Omicron uh, is going to infect the majority of Florida's 21 million people uh, in this wave alone. So not including people who've gotten it uh, early on, as Tony did, and actually I did as well in, in 2020. Uh, it's, so it, it's, it's pretty staggering how, how fast and how wide uh, how the breadth of, of this virus uh, uh, is, that's spreading through Florida. So, uh, look, I mean, uh, uh, the variants are the hardest thing to predict. Uh, but the good news is that uh, some of the, the very smart folks up at the University of Florida, they have uh, an institute. It's called the Emerging Pathogens Institute, and they've recently revised their model. They build models of what the wave will look like in Florida, and they believe that it's going to peak in terms of the numbers of reported cases uh, in about mid-January. So maybe within about 10 days. Uh, and that we may have already passed the peak of total infections, which they estimate could have reached a million a day. We're talking people who got tested and were reported and people who didn't bother to get tested because either they were asymptomatic or they had mild symptoms or they didn't want to stand in line or whatever. Uh, but it's uh, they, they've estimated that it, that it could have reached that high. Uh, not The good thing also about Omicron is that it moves so fast. So if you've looked at those graphs of the wave, you see the sharp peak. It's almost a vertical line. That means that the drop also will be that fast. So this could also be perhaps one of the shortest uh, waves that we've had. Um, those, isn't that a those good thing, though? Problem. Like, isn't that the good, a good, not just the fact that, and I hate to be morose about this, but just purely speaking from a numbers, if a lot of people get it in a short period of time and the symptoms are mild, does that get us closer to remember the good old days in 2020 when we were talking about herd immunity? Is that... No. Back on the table, or is that just a no? In fact, the variants. In fact, the variants make it more likely that it's off the table. Uh, look, there are people who got infected in Delta who also got infected in Omicron, and these two waves were right on the heels of each other. I mean, Delta was barely over when all of a sudden we saw Omicron start rising again. It was maybe a month of respite that we got. I don't know the exact time, uh, but I think that shows that these variants, uh, you know, according to the the biostatisticians and the epidemiologists that I've interviewed, uh, viruses are going to mutate. That's what any good virus will do. Uh, and what they, they, the areas that they tend to mutate towards are more contagious and better at evading immunity. Those are the success markers, if you will, for a mutation in a, in a, in a, uh, in a virus. And, that's and I think it's, it's important to define terms when we use words. And this is, I think if I had to, if there's, a lot of things, you know, th about the pandemic that didn't have gone bumpy from a lot of perspectives. But one of the key ones is the word immunity. Uh, the word immunity is a word that that, you know, is some people interpret as some kind of like magic shield that would deflect every bullet. Um, and that's not what it means medically. It's not like immunity from prosecution or immunity from something else where you just, you know, can't touch me. I'm, I'm got to get out of jail free card. It, it, that that's not what it means in, in that sense. And, um, here's my well, question. Well, it used to, it, well, not, not, it. yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you'll get, you'll, you'll get it. You, 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 it is, 
it means right that you you can still contract the disease, but it will not be non-lethal or 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 uh, that's it. And people are hoping, well, it means I don't get it at all, and it means I can't be a spreader, and it doesn't have all the ripple effects. I can't. I don't have to isolate. I don't have to stay home. I can't. You know that that's what that's the immunity that people were hoping it would mean, and that's that was not really well communicated in the in the very beginning. But 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 now here's my question, and I think you touched on it briefly. Does does the if you contract Omicron, does that kind of act as kind of a booster in and of, of itself for, for the next variant that rolls around? Do these immunities kind of, you know, these resistance or your ability to fend off future variants, future versions of coronavirus, does it make you more resilient and therefore reduce the overall threat so that the next variant, whatever Greek letter it is, may not, may be the common cold, right? Maybe we get down right. to that point where we just don't have to worry about it so much anymore. That's, that's my point. So the answer is that it will provide you protection, uh, not necessarily against infection, but against severe disease. The more times you get it and the more that you're exposed to the virus, the more that your body builds up the defenses. Uh, you know, there was a lot of dangerous dismissal of the of COVID early on. A lot of some people I remember calling it. It's the common cold. Um, there was a little bit of truth to that. But it's it, it's not it didn't mean that, you know, the illness was so mild that all you would get was the sniffles. What it means is that the more like the common cold, there are about four or five coronaviruses that cause the common cold. And there are other viruses like rhinovirus and RSV. But among the coronaviruses, uh, you know, they are, are over time. Uh, we become more resilient to them, uh, as you said. And so you can get a cold as an adult and perhaps be asymptomatic or have pretty mild, maybe sniffles. But when you're a child, it tends to hit you a little bit harder, maybe last longer. So what what happens is that once you've been infected or vaccinated enough times, you know, maybe you develop immunity to severe disease, which we clearly have against seasonal coronaviruses. So they don't really cause severe disease in humans anymore, but we get infected with them over and over. And it's very possible that COVID could become something like that. But where are we now? So it feels like everybody I know has COVID right now. Yeah. Uh, and like and, it, it's and sort of unprecedented. And <laughs> well, and those of us that haven't had symptoms are looking at each other going, I don't know, I was around everybody. Maybe you had it and you were asymptomatic. Look, there are a lot of asymptomatic infections, I think, particularly among people who are vaccinated or who have had a prior infection or both. But this wave, what is it doing to the healthcare system? That was the big, we got to flatten the curve so that we don't overwhelm the healthcare right. system of, in the good old days of alpha. Now we're in Omicron, and it seems like that, that spike is high. And like you said, it's like a big pencil. It's like a big spike in the thing. That, yeah, that's like got to be, that, that's not a flattened curve. So uh, it certainly that, isn't. And, what's and, that and look, doing? So what, what, you know, remember a, a lot of folks early on were saying this looks like it's going to be a milder, this is going to cause milder disease. And that was sort of a silver lining. And we kept hearing hospitals saying, look, a lot of our patients are, quote unquote, incidental. That means that they were admitted for a different medical reason and they were tested at the hospital and discovered that they had COVID. Uh, you know, that looked like, you know, signs of hope early on. But the fact that this is so contagious and it's causing so many infections. The sheer numbers is basically overwhelming 
uh, lots of institutions in society. Uh, you know, it, it, bus drivers, uh, police, paramedics, uh, county employees, airline pilots, stewardesses, hospital workers are just are just as susceptible as, as everybody else is, especially coming after the holidays. So they're seeing lots of staff shortages and all of these patients, whether they have uh, incidental cases or they were admitted because of severe COVID, they all require extra care in order to prevent infection from spreading to everybody else. So they take up more resources, even if they are mild cases. And the cases that are knocking people out of work, that's on top of labor shortages that were already in place before this wave. So what what are we yeah. seeing in the healthcare industry at the hospitals and the doctor's offices, even at the folks at the testing places? So what we're seeing is that uh, some of the hospitals that uh, imposed vaccine mandates that they've since pulled back on or strongly encouraged vaccination with their employees believe that those policies helped by causing milder disease in their, in their employees. So they're getting over it in a day or two. What's also helped is the CDC's uh, new guidelines. As you know, they've revised them. They shortened the isolation period from 10 days to five days and they don't require a negative test, although some hospitals may ask you to do that. Uh, so that that is helping with some of that shortage. But as long as people continue to get sick and as long as you need to quarantine and isolate for a certain amount of time, which you, you should do, especially with Omicron, because it's so much more contagious, uh, you, you know, we're going to continue to see a lot of workplace absences. On that, let's take a break right now and look at, well, how can we what are the policy implications of all of this and and what is the way out of this? Because we've got uh, Omicron, maybe the next variant you know, that's, this is the next segment will be, what is the light at the end of the tunnel? Maybe, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. And we're back. This is Antisocial on 94.5 WSQF Blink Radio. Beautiful Key Biscayne. Our guest is a health reporter for the Miami Herald, Daniel Chang, who is uh, who has scared the crap out of me thus far in this show. <laughs> Not my intention, Tom. I apologize. Sorry. Right. I, was, I was having a pretty good Friday right up until I started talking to you. <laughs> and sadly, I can have that effect on some people. But you know we are talking about uh, we are talking about COVID, so I didn't expect it to be a barrel of laughs. Um, let me ask you: We were talking about the shortages at the hospitals and how they're dealing with it. Is South Florida, Florida, and South Florida having a particularly high spike because uh, we're a tourist destination? Do you think we're we're importing COVID? So there are some folks who look, lots of New Yorkers vacation here and not just New Yorkers, people from the Northeast and other parts of the country like to come down to Miami for the warm weather this time of year. So, yes, I think and then you add to that the fact that we are the gateway to the Americas. We get lots of international travel. Um, you know, it's it's very likely that many folks are coming in and when they and, come, when they come it's like when in rome do as the romans like you watched aoc walk around without a mask on people aren't coming sure. here to behave the way they were behaving in their home state they're coming here well 
behaving outdoors. Like yes. Yeah, and look, Florida has long had a reputation as a place where people do things they might not do in their home state. But the other, <laughs> you know, the other side of that, Tom, is that when those people leave, if they leave, they take the COVID back home with them. Uh, so it, it goes both ways in a in a way. Do you think there should be policies put in place in times, but just times like this, where we're curbing the uh, the migration? Look, I, I think that it's going to be very hard to stop people from traveling. And, and, and it's a significant industry. I mean, I think some of the policies, most airlines, I think, still require passengers to wear face masks. Uh, you know, there has been discussion. Uh, and you heard a week or two ago when airlines were can- canceling thousands of flights about having a vaccine requirement uh, in order to, to fly domestically. So I, I don't know what the chances are of that happening. In fact, the president's or, or the, the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for healthcare workers uh, got its preliminary hearing today uh, in the Supreme Court. And uh, I, I haven't gotten an update yet on what's happening, but the legal challenges are expected to, to all mandates, particularly in Florida. So that's like the major policy issue would be the vac- vaccine and testing mandate. Just to be accurate, it's a vaccine and testing mandate because mm-hmm. it gives the employers the ability to test in addition to the vaccine. Um, but the uh, and and you know a lot of businesses have uh, and I would point out organized labor unions have filed opposition to it. Uh, they they want they, they, it's not just one side. The, the Supreme mm-hmm. Court's hearing from a lot of different folks who have various types of objections to it. But then we have the masking uh, policies. Um, I do want to transition a bit to a comment that the mayor of Orlando made uh, recently about the inability of local government to kind of address some of what they think, what he believes would be uh, sensible, um, sensible precautions. And that would include actions like uh, masks. And this, of course, is Jerry Demings, the uh, mayor of Orlando, speaking uh, about 10 days ago. Our ability... Uh, to hold accountable, to enforce uh, any of the safety protocols has uh, now been legislatively taken away uh, as a result of the special session. As I said earlier, I think Florida residents ought to be outraged about it uh, because that simply means that more individuals are going to needlessly be exposed to COVID-19. Uh, and those consequences are unknown at this point. So call your governor, call your state legislators who enacted uh, these new uh, prohibitions. Uh, I said all along that when it comes to fighting COVID, the fight really starts here in the local communities. When people are in trouble and they need medical assistance, what do they do? They dial 911. Mayor of Orlando, criticizing Governor Ron DeSantis and the legislature special session for removing a lot of uh, the ability of emergency orders, et cetera, et cetera. Dan, you've reported this. My question is, is is that playing a factor or not? I mean, it seems to be exploding all over the country. So is it the first thing is just data. What does the data say about about about? how the, the transmission rates and, 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 and the point that the, that he's making. Look, the data says that masks can help prevent the spread of airborne respiratory diseases like coronavirus, particularly 
uh, KN95 masks, uh, you know, more than cloth masks or even some of the paper surgical masks. Um, it, th- that's a, that's an important point to stress is that, you know, we really need to start using better masks. Uh, but I think there is no question that schools are a trigger for respiratory diseases. Schools are a trigger for the flu season. Well, they're a petri uh, and- dish. I have three kids. They're of all course. in schools. And at the minute they go back to school in the summer or in the winter, one of them is sick and then it spreads through my house like wildfire. Yes. And so if you if you if you prevent uh, uh, school districts from imposing mass policies, uh, you know, among students and staff, I think that is definitely going to hinder their ability to to respond. Uh, and, and given that you can see from the state's own reporting in South Florida, because of our population density, because of the number of visitors that we receive and other reasons, we always we always have more cases, you know, higher positivity rates. And, and we're usually the first ones to go off in the state when when these waves have come. I like the fact that the argument that uh, Mayor Demings is making places the Republican and Democrat parties in upside down world. So traditionally during this, when the White House would say, hey, we're going to make a mandate that's for nationwide, the Republicans would say, no, 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 we need local control. And now (laughs) you hear the Democratic mayor saying, no, 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 we need it, it, it as a political football. This just doesn't seem helpful at all. I mean, while Mayor Demings commentary and his criticism, I think, are valid. Having a press conference where you drop that out and the where is the mayor and then that's staged with a, you know, uh, another candidate for governor having a, an event that it's timed for and then an op ed. This was a big PR stunt. And I think the criticism is warranted, but perhaps we should cool it with the politics. Look, it, it's I, I think when you, you would never have expected the Republicans to restrict private businesses from having policies that they wanted that they thought were thoughtful for their employees. Uh, private businesses in Florida are not allowed to have a vaccine mandate either. You know, the, the state has warned that it would uh, fine those businesses that that fire workers who don't get vaccinated ten thousand dollars per violation if they have fewer than 100 employees and 50,000 per violation, I believe, if they have more than 100 employees. Right. So, one would imagine one would imagine the Republicans of all people would say control should be in the local hands, as I local know. as it could get, because they know what's going on in their municipalities. Well, and I will, I, will, I will tell you that the this larger topic of home rule, right, yeah. localities being able to make their decisions for themselves is a perennial. And it, 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 it the coronavirus is just the latest example yeah. of People believe in home rule until they don't. Right. When it's when it's convenient for them. When it's convenient. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So if uh, you if you had uh, you have uh, veto power, we've just made you well, king of Florida, Daniel. Well, well, thank you. <laughs> somebody's got to do it. Um, what do you do? What are what what would you suggest that the policies are or would you would you put it down? Would you give it back home rule? Uh, what are the things that you would suggest and what are the things that you would mandate? I'm going to help you out, Dan. As a reporter, what in, in covering the story, what communities, what policies and communities seem to have worked the best? I, just, I wanted his opinion first <laughs> and then you could get well, them back. Look, I, opinions I think- are way more fun, Tony. 
opinions are way more fun than your I'm pesky just my facts. training. What could I say? <laughs> Look, guys, I mean, public health and epidemiology is pretty straightforward. You know, um, if you want to stop the spread of an airborne virus, you, you socially distance, you mask. Um, you know, you're careful in public and, and, and yeah, lockdowns actually work. They work to stop the spread of a virus, but they also destroy the economy. So, uh, you know, that's where it gets tricky, but stopping an infectious disease from spreading, a lot of it just depends on our own behavior and, uh, you know, the risks that we're willing to take, uh, as well as, as, as what we're willing to do to help the broader broader society. I mean, I took the vaccine because I'm tired of this pandemic and I want it to be over. And I would bet that if more people have taken it, uh, that we wouldn't be in the situation that we are now. Um, but you can't prove a negative. So uh, that's just, you know, if I were king, I, I would, that, that would be my, my feeling on it. Yeah, but I, wanna be, everyone. but I would want to be a benevolent, you know, uh, a king. <laughs> so I, it, I'm glad I, then I picked the right guy. More yes, for a pinch than a child. <laughs> It's it's uh, and, and and last question and, and we'll let you go. Um, the last question is and it goes back to the very first thing when you're talking about the peak, maybe 10 days, okay. the peak, which, of course, that would mean another month, maybe before the peak, we go, the peak goes down or maybe end of the month, whatever, before we're out of it. But the question is. What if they're wrong? <laughs> Right. I mean, could be. That, 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 what is the error? Like, you know, there was polling. So and so is ahead of somebody else, plus or minus 3%. What is the error margin on that prediction? Johnny, Johnny, no, no, no. I made Daniel King what he just knows. <laughs> King Daniel? Yeah, we're not, we're not that doing this yeah. anymore. We're not. We're, I, I'm not sure what the confidence interval is necessarily, but they are very confident that this thing is going to top out uh, in the middle of this month. Uh, and more so than the number of predicted cases. So they're predicting that reported cases, not total infections, reported cases to the Department of Health will top out at about 90,000 uh, at the peak. They're less confident about that number than they are of the time frame for it. So, look, if they're wrong, then it means that we have to live with this longer. But the caveats are that you never know what kind of variant might come along and uh, – Sort of disrupt all of our expectations in our lives once again, and that's that's yet to be known. So. Well, um, on that, hopefully, somewhat positive note. note. Yes, I'm going to say goodbye to our guest Daniel Chang, the healthcare reporter uh, for the Miami Herald, who has been doing really just amazing work uh, along with his colleagues. I would say tracking this generational changing uh, societal world society changing event um, that people, you know, will be talking about, you know, in the same context with world wars uh, for decades. Uh, and, and you're living through it, history, and he's one of the chroniclers of it and doing a fine job. Again, Daniel Chang, thank you so much for being a guest on Antisocial. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me. We will be back right after this. Have we gone down the trail to the north point of the bear country? 
the Bear Cut Bridge. Uh, and we will talk about that in our, our right at the very end. There is some news about the Bear Cut Bridge, but uh, this is segment three. Tom, what yeah. time is it? It's happy hour, Tony. And you know what? What is it? What is it? I'm waiting. Hang on a second. I hear some gulping. Ah, there we was, go. That was my shot. A little okay. shot. A little pick me. I had a Manhattan for lunch. Do you know that? Um, I've never done that. I've had Guinness yeah. for lunch. No, man, I was. I've never drinking. had Manhattan. I was day drinking today. That's how. That's how depressed I have been with with being hermetically sealed behind glass. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what's on your? Uh, What's on your list of things to talk about, Tony? What's well, I mean, it's kind, of heavy, it's kind of a heavy topic, but I, I, I want I, and I want to keep our, you know, show brief. We'll return to the Key Biscayne news in a moment. But but this is something, again, like the coronavirus happened a, a year ago yesterday, January 6th, um, the um, riot at the U.S. Capitol. We actually did a show about it uh, with a former colleague of mine. Um, that I've worked with uh, over the years, uh, Scott Applewhite, a photographer who was in the Congress at that time and made some amazing images, stayed at his job, even as it was getting really hairy in there, uh, and made some amazing ish- images of, um, you know, what, what looked like at the brink of a firefight uh, in the well of, you know, the, uh, the greatest deliberative body in the country. Um, and uh, the president uh, Biden spoke yesterday about January 6th, and I just wanted to play a short uh, soundbite to sort of set up set up the, the discussion. You can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. Those who storm this Capitol and those who instigate it and incite it And those who called on them to do so held a dagger at the throat of America, at American democracy. They didn't come here out of patriotism or principle. They came here in rage, not in service of America, but rather in service of one man. The president speaking yesterday in a trip to the Capitol, and there were a number of events that uh, um, there uh, you know, that, we're talking about social media. That obviously has been dominating my feed, and I suspect a lot of people's feeds, uh, people's social media, I guess, uh, for for some time now, the, the reactions to it. Um, and I can't tell you that I'm any more enlightened than I am going into it. We knew this was going to anniversary was coming up. We, there's an investigation underway. There are new aspects of it that are being revealed all the time and the degree to which the former president um, was involved or his aides were involved or his associates were involved in, in coordinating it. But in terms of the, the body politic, you know, things don't seem, if anything, they seem to have regressed from the revulsion right after this happened. It, well, that, 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 that's what seemed, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, the, I'm more prosaic about it, I think. Um, If you view January 6th of last year as an event that happened that was awful and terrible, it was a riot that was ridiculous on so many levels. 
then you're you're going to be very disappointed with the fact that we haven't progressed too much. If you look at January 6th as like when the tension on tectonic plates shifts all of a sudden and you have an earthquake, that only takes the tension off for a little while. January 6th was building for years. Um, it was building with tension and divisiveness from both parties towards both parties, moving both the adherence to those parties further apart and the people who cover those parties further apart. Our rhetoric has become uncivil on both sides of the aisle. Uh, rioting in the streets is something that is normal. Uh, that president's words, Joe Biden, our president's words, could have been applied to all of the same people who were throwing stuff and burning stuff in 2016 when the other side lost. Now, I'm glad Donald Trump is not in office. We couldn't get rid of that guy fast enough. However, it hasn't changed the reason why he was put in office, and that is a nationwide incivility towards one another that we simply have to stop and we have to have better conversations. Yeah, I... I understand I, your point that I will that pass the collection plate now. Yeah, no, no, I understand your point. I, your office. Yeah, I, I, I would say that I, I don't, I don't, um, and it may not be intended. I, I don't see any way you can look at this as being, um, both sides do it kind of a situation. No, it because, was terrible. It, it was because the worst. It's, it's, it was the, it's beyond it was the worst. It was the worst so far. Uh, well, no, the worst so far was the Civil War. That was the worst so far. I mean, I mean, that, that is people I, are looking for historical comparisons. Um, eight, the 1812 uh, invasion of the Capitol obviously was a takeover of the Capitol. No, uh, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, since, you know, like MLK was murdered, that was sort of really bad. And then we scale down from that into like the modern politic of, you know, Bill Clinton to now when people started when when things started getting escalating and getting really nasty, uh, you know, to the, you know, Alexander Hamilton level of rhetoric. Yeah. I Again, I you know, this is a, a lot of that. This is perspective. There are there are sections of the American population for whom it's been this way since the Civil War before and during. And that's it. And um, the the uh, the the fact that that. This group now has some more electoral muscle and um, is becoming a challenge to the established group is undeniably a factor in what's driving a lot of this hatred. I think simply laying it at partisan divisions is really only only ignoring the actual root cause. And I, I, that is, that's it. So my, my guess what's what the, I'm saying the is, cause, Tony? The, the, well, the, 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 I can't, there are a number of root causes, but I would say that the, it, a lot of it dials back to the, um, the, the foundational notional notions of what it means to have majority rule and counting every vote and counting every person as a person. And, and that viewpoint has never been. I mean, it sounds like yeah. Doesn't everyone agree to that? Well, actually, no. no that's, that's really not elect- U.S. history. That's, that's why there's an electoral <laughs> college. Well, exactly, and and why we have <laughs> and we have bad thing. decisions. Yeah, we we there, there this this idea that 
that that uh, were founded on is now being sorely tested. And you're seeing in some respects, well, not, not in some respects, I think that that is the under underlying uh, motivation of it. And the other factor that you didn't mention is the um, consistent, repeated narrative falsehood that has been repeated by the former president uh, again and again and again. And right after January 6th happened, the leaders of the of the Republican Party in the Senate and the, and the House both condemned the president and said he was responsible. And they're not saying that anymore. Well, why is wow. that? Why is that? Because it's a campaign season, Tony. So that's been that was sort of my point about about Mayor Demings is I get what he's saying. But can we stop campaigning? If we stop campaigning, if we put a moratorium, what on does that mean? But I don't even understand what that means. What does it mean to stop campaigning? Saying so, so, calling something out and saying something is true or not true is means you're campaigning. I don't get that. Well, if you don't understand the difference between a campaign and a conversation, then we are lost. Uh, the that's, mayor that's the, that's in, the, in Orlando, the mayor was talking mayor, about it was a, a special stage, session. It, it was a yeah. staged event coordinated across the state, complete with op-eds and a governor, a, a, a gubernatorial candidate echoing the same talking points, followed up by appearances on television to echo the same thing. And then hashtag where's and, our governor. It was and, a, it was a campaign. And 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 your point is that his point is not. Didn't you say his point was valid? No. His point is valid. We could have okay, that conversation. So but when you're there, we go. But, it, but you don't understand what you're telling me is you don't understand the difference between a campaign and a conversation. Uh, what and I'm I, saying I is where we are. What that, I'm saying that, is that might be where camp- we are. The campaign season is permanent. All right. When is it not topics? a campaign? Right. Can we switch topics? Can we, we get can. to my, my social media we, feed? We can we can switch topics. Are we, gonna, otherwise, this sh- otherwise, this show is going to be two hours long. OK, we're, we're, we're 38, 38 minutes into the show. So let's switch topics. Nah, let's keep talking about this. <laughs> I had a soundbite, so you know we didn't get to play yours. But yours was uh, the governor, uh, right? Uh, you don't. We don't. We don't yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're about fair and balanced. I'm not. Uh, I don't, well, I don't care. I don't care if we play a soundbite or not. He he said he was uh, working. Yes, he was working. Um, the governor, and then he took a stab at President Biden for going to the beach because he's campaigning. That's not a conversation. That's a campaign. Yeah, I mean, the difference. Right, I understand, but the the soundbite I played wasn't a, was, was describing the the concern he had about his the Tony, ability of his his I municipality to respond react. I picked Tony, a very careful. It, 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 it was coordinated messaging across multiple platforms for right. multiple days, yeah. delivered by multiple spokespeople. There, and the therefore, it doesn't matter. Therefore, Trust, it doesn't no, matter. No, no, no. It, it, it matters. I, I just don't. What that logic does. doesn't work for me. It, it, it's like you're saying because it's Are true you, and we right. coordinated, therefore, it's not true. That's like right. a logical Tony, inconsistency. What, <laughs> what you're saying, Tony, what you're yeah. saying, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly. Right. That you view marketing and journalism as the same thing. No, I do. Because if I say something in an ad, that's true. It's an ad. That's the same thing. Yes, it's paid for. It's coordinated. It's mis- it's messaged. My writers spend lots of time picking out the words that work. Sometimes it's even message tested. We go out and we say things like, you know, where is the governor? Ooh, they really reacted to that. And then we roll it out in a coordinated effort. Now, it may be true, but it's a campaign. Mm. And you're telling me that you don't understand the difference and it doesn't I didn't matter s- as long as it's true. 
I, I it's didn't the under, tone. It's I the didn't understand. I didn't say any of those things. I said that I said that it was a valid criticism about policy issues involving the camp pandemic. Which I is do what a lot the of ads, segment was about. Right. I do a lot of campaigns that are valid criticism. I mm-hmm. pick exactly the right words to get exactly the most emotional reaction that I possibly can. I coordinate it over a number of different platforms, and I roll it out over a couple of days. That's exactly right. what this was. That's the pub. That's the public debate. I'm not not afraid of public debate, but I don't think I don't think the public debate whether it comes it means it was a campaign. Uh, yeah, but that's saying so what? Campaign. If I pick an ad that says two plus two equals four, that doesn't mean that two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. You're saying thank you, Tony. I thank thank you for coming around to my side. I appreciate the I, fact that you have just said that there's no difference between marketing and journalism. No, I said right, facts. So on I, my, so I think that, I said that facts are facts. No, that's what no, I said. So, yes, no, <laughs> no matter who delivers them, whether that's correct, ad the and fact, coordinated. That's yeah. correct. That's yep. correct. Oh, that's horrible. Okay, so but but given that, uh, so FPL are you, has dip- an ad are out. you disappointed? Do you think I think that facts would would change? FPL has an ad out. Oh, great! They think they have facts. Uh-huh. They have documentation. They go to a website. It's it's not a campaign, Tony. <laughs> uh, they're running a, for something. It's, it's not a campaign. No. Well, they're always they're they're running for your dollars. They want you yes, to. They're well they're, because I have but, so many other I have so many other choices and utilities I can use. And 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 they are running for something because there is. Can I get a, some power from you? There's yeah, no man. The M Network yeah, power I'd, power I'd company. Be, I'd give you all my power. <laughs> I made Daniel King. Yes, <laughs> he has did. all the power now. And you're really uh, bicycling underneath. That's what's keeping your computer going. Yes, so, it's, a, it's a little treadwheel. Okay, yes, that's exactly correct. Wait, I have that sound effect somewhere from your heart <laughs> procedure. No, Where no, 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 no. Don't play that one. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> so, no. What I, I mean, listen. They, they, they're trying to get favorable policies passed in the state senate. Favorable to them. Yes. Yeah, favorable to them. So they are campaigning. They are absolutely campaigning. Uh, Lobbying, yes. Which is a form of campaigning. It's it's, it's marketing. It's just marketing to policymakers. It's the same type of thing. And they've they've given us some facts about one of your colleagues and a friend of this show. Well, she's been on the show, yes. Can we get her back on? Can we talk about this now? Can you? Uh, well, you we give, can. You give I mean, a brief I, background. Uh, yeah, or do we want to? Or do we want to? We want to have her on. And uh, her I think it would be better to have her on. And actually, in fairness, we maybe invite someone from FPNL to be on. We'll see if that would that would happen. Ooh. I don't, not I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want. We don't do. We, we don't want to have them screaming at each other, right? Well, no, we don't. That's not our. That's right, not, so we our, scream at each other. We do the screaming, so they don't have to. That's the bumper sticker. Anti-social. We do the screaming so you don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, but the difference is we scream at each other and then we laugh about it. Exactly, because we're having fun. That's the whole point. Because it's ridiculous. It's it's sport here. It's not like, you know, nobody hates each other. Um, Well, I mean, in brief, uh, FPL has waged a online campaign on Twitter and they have put up a web page basically calling the Herald out on activist journalism. And they've put everything up there, and hopefully we'll get Mary Ellen on, and hopefully we'll get somebody from FPL on. But I mean, it is blowing up my feet. It is what it's what all the marketing guys are talking about. Well, I mean, why would it? Why would anything be different this year when you have the president of the United States calling news news reporters, former president, fake news, and all kinds of other stuff? That was 
I mean, this was really only a matter of time. Now we have corporations doing the same thing that want to get their agenda passed. But that is a great topic, and we'll talk. We'll, we'll uh, you know, whether they're right or wrong, we'll we'll get we'll try to get that out on the next show. But that is a good good show to have on. Do you remember our? I have one more thing to say though. I have one more topic. Well, I, I do want to get and, to and the Key Biscayne Independent segment, so don't forget. Yeah. That. Okay. Uh, no, that'll be right next. This is going to be very quick. Do you remember we had maybe? Oh, you were out. Uh, this was when Emily. Uh, sat in with me. We our oh, guest Emily, was, yes. Right. Our guest was the uh, was Argo, uh, the uh, the automated autopiloted cars that have been driving around Miami that they've been testing. Yes. Are you getting an Argo? I've been invited for a test ride. Oh man, so that's cool. I I can't say anything about it. I'm going to have to sign a non disclosure and all that other stuff. Oh. But I'm super excited about this. These things are the coolest things. Uh, yeah, but that's the I'm whole ready. point. Would be but. Okay, the, the audience doesn't know this, okay, about Tom. But I've had the experience of being a passenger while Tom is driving. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, to see, I, to have a camera focused on Tom as the Argo is navigating its way of the streets and having Tom talk to the Argo computer would be worth, that's gold. I don't want to talk to the what Argo are you doing? computer. Why are you stopping? Why are you That's turning? Right. <laughs> I'm just waiting I, for that. I'm just thinking of... riding in the Argo, I think, is going to be peaceful. I won't be yelling at the other drivers. <laughs> I'm going to be yelling at the Argo. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have, Dude, a, we have, I, to have a beep button. Beep, beep, yeah. beep. Yeah. My, uh, my Uber rating is like a two. I have a, a two-star rating on Uber. Don't pick him up. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, um, talk to the Argo guys and and uh, folks and say, can we? I'm. You know, I understand they, all the NDA. They can have the tape. They can screen it first. Okay. I, I've I've already talked to them. I've talked to their marketing guys. They get it. This is really part of the research of before they roll out. They're very close to rolling this thing out for public consumption. I mean, this is this is getting out of the testing phase. And you amazing within the next you know eighteen months, you're going to be able to step into one of these things and. Have it drive you where you want to go. Okay. It's pretty but it's Star Trek. It's the Jetsons. Uh, it is. And then it will go to planes. And um, I saw actually, I think it was a, a tow truck or delivery truck service. Yeah. Why not? Uber Eats going out of business. Yep. Okay. No, they're just going to buy the technology and deploy it. Put all those people out of work. And that way they don't have to worry about their contract negotiations in California with all of those people who are considered employees. There you go. There's my downer for the day. Um, okay. You want to jump to the pitch? Well, I just wanted to, what's coming up in the Key Game Independent. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of things going. We mentioned the, the mayor's uh, illness and hopefully we'll feel better. Uh, I know he's a regular listener of the program. Um, we'll talk, we'll continuing the COVID impact on village hall uh, we've written about that already. If you check our website, you can see it actually has had some staffing impacts um, and some operational impacts. The village is hopeful that, as you heard from our guest Dan, Daniel Chang, that you know maybe we'll have the peak and things will, will bounce back quickly. Uh, we did that. There was also a story about the Rickenbacker Causeway. More importantly, the Bear Cut Bridge I want to bring your attention to. Um, the commissioner for our district, Raquel Regalado, another frequent guest on our program, uh, has filed legislation that could be coming up this month, we believe, uh, that would basically set a priority of doing the Bear Cut Bridge first. It doesn't actually speak to the whole Rickenbacker, but it, it does signal a shift in thinking that the county would 
do that most critical feature of the causeway first, that the bridge that needs to be replaced, pursue the federal funds, get that job done immediately or as fast as possible, and then worry about the rest of the causeway later, kind of splitting it into two phases. And that is uh, something that Mayor Levine Kava uh, telegraphed uh, in a town hall last month. And now you're seeing it could be a formal vote of the county commission on this major issue uh, sometime later this week. And we'll be covering that extensively. That's going to be in the pages of the Key Biscayne Independent. And I would be remiss to get in the next segment. We did have, we had a really fantastic fundraising um, drive with our matching program partner, uh, Newsmatch. And I want to, again, commend and thank uh, every single person who, who, who gave during that period. It really means a lot. And we're hope to have really big and great news for 2022. You know what I need, Tony? What do you need, Tom? Music. You need Will. I need Will. Um, yeah. I, I, will, I, will. I've got some. How about this? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> I will make money appear like magic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's wave your wand and make some more happen. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, 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 we, we, need to, we need to send Will a get better soon. He, uh, he had COVID again. This is his second bout of it. Uh, but he's fine. He's on the mend. I spoke to him last night. Uh, he's looking forward to being back behind the board and and playing our music for us. And if you guys have listened to the show, you know that this is typically the time where Will spindles off some cool jazz on the ivories. And I talk in a ridiculous voice and ask you guys, well, I don't ask, I beg. I beg you to support uh, hyper-local news, news in any fashion, whether that is in... Uh, your subscription to your local newspaper or a donation to independent news like the Key Biscayne Independent. Uh, you go to the kbindependent.org, look for the Donate Now button, hit it, and give everything you got. Because it's not free. Collecting news, putting the news on the web, uh, this show, it all costs money. Uh, and me and Tony only have so much of our own personal wealth that left after doing this for two years. <laughs> and and so, I would say sanity is all, sanity is another resource. Don't forget that yeah. everything is finite. Yes. So, uh, so if this is a value to you, please go to the website, hit the donate button uh, and do that to uh, whatever local news that you consume on a regular basis that brings value into your life, whether that is uh WLRN or one of the other nonprofit news sources, uh, but we would really appreciate it at the Key Biscayne Independent. There, that's my pitch, Tony. That was done, and maybe we can steal a track from Will and mix it in later. <laughs> we'll fix it in. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, I guess we should play the uh, sign-off music and let our poor audience go. I'm gonna pour another drink. You've been listening to Antisocial on WSQFLP 94.5 FM, Blink Radio, Key Biscayne. I'm Tony Winton. I'm Tom Mosloom. Be safe, everybody. I think of you, and I want to you. She will always be my friend,
Fly